In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It was more than a couple of years ago, a friend of mine, uh, his name's Will, uh, reached out to me, and he had been attending a college-age ministry. I say more than a couple of years ago, he reached out to me on AOL Instant Messenger, so this tells you how long ago this was. He reached out to me, and he had been going to this college-age ministry, and he'd been going for, I don't know, some months, maybe a year, and they had finally invited him to come and to speak. They wanted him to share a little bit. And so he called me and said, Josh, I already know what I want to say, but could you help me find some scriptures to back it up? I kind of laugh every time I think about this story because I think to some degree we're all guilty of this. We come to the scripture, we come to church, and we're looking for our faith, our beliefs, the things that we already hold on to, to be affirmed. We're looking to know that we are right. We're looking to be made comfortable. But I'm not exactly sure that that is the purpose of the scriptures. And I'm not sure that that's the purpose of being gathered together in a body. In fact, the more that I think about the scriptures, the more that I believe that they are supposed to be for us a mirror. We are supposed to be able to see ourselves as we look into them, and we are supposed to be able to see more clearly the things about us that need work, the things where we need to grow, the things where we need to change. This morning, we have read some passages uh, that I love. And and last week, Judith talked about uh, that last week felt like she had won the lectionary lottery. Uh, I feel like that sometimes too, but not all the time. And I'm thankful to be part of a church now that actually uses a lectionary because in my previous life uh, and in my previous denomination, uh, there was no direction as far as what someone would preach from or what they would teach from. It was left up to the speaker's heart and mind what they would choose. And as I look back on my childhood, there were certainly scriptures that we just never made it to. Uh, Those weren't the favorites of the people who were preaching or teaching. And so we just were never exposed to them. And although I have my gripes with the lectionary, it's not perfect. They leave out some things that I feel like are important. important. Sometimes they cut off a verse uh, right as we're kind of getting into the good stuff and we have to wait, not till the next week, but some other time on the lectionary calendar. It's not perfect. But the lectionary holds the majority of scripture in front of us as individuals and as a community. And so we are challenged sometimes to read and to listen to passages that we would not choose to read and listen to otherwise. We might just turn the page and look for something that we like a little bit better. And likewise, as someone who preaches, the challenge for me is not to look at a verse and go, well, I don't want to talk about that this Sunday. I want to move to something that's going to make people smile or that's going to make them feel good. But we need all of it. All of it's important. It doesn't mean that all of it is going to make us feel good. It doesn't mean that all of it is going to be something that we, you know, write down on like a card and put on our bathroom mirrors in the morning to start our day. But we need all of it. We need all of it held in front of us. Because the places where we are uncomfortable are the places where we grow. And so this morning in our lectionary readings, we got three 
uh, drastically different stories, but all sharing a common thread of repentance. Sometimes we don't like to talk about repentance. And yet, on a Sunday like this, where almost every reading that we've read this morning speaks to the topic of repentance, how can we avoid it? The very first passage that we read was from the book of Jonah. And God has looked at the great city of Nineveh and their behavior and their actions and the ways that they have lived are about to bring destruction upon them. And God looks at this city and says, I don't want this to happen. And so I'm going to send Jonah with a message for these people to repent. Now we didn't read the whole story this morning, but if you've read the story before, maybe you've heard it in church, you know that Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. He didn't want to take this message of repentance. He wanted these people uh, to have to deal with the consequences of their actions. And yet God insists. And so Jonah goes to Nineveh and he begins to cry out that these people need to repent. And lo and behold, what happens? The people of Nineveh listen. They not only repent, but they put on sackcloth and ashes and they cry out and they change their behavior. Repentance comes to the, to the city of Nineveh and repentance brings salvation. You may have noticed that the last couple of weeks we have been praying the confession uh, in our services. Now, I love the confession, and if it were totally up to me, we would pray it every time we got together. Not because I think we need to be reminded of our brokenness or of our failures, not because I think we need to constantly hold a standard in front of us that makes us feel like we don't measure up, but because repentance invites us to grow closer and closer to the people who God has called us to be. And in the confession, we pray for repentance, not only for the things that we have done, but also for the things that we have left undone. This is the beauty of this prayer, because we are human beings with limited knowledge and limited experience and limited point of view. It's just impossible for us to do everything right all of the time. And sometime, even with the great uh, intention to hold people and to love them, we still end up harming them. And so we have to constantly be asking God, help us, Help us to know more. Help us to love more. Change our behavior to be more and more like you. And not just our behavior, but change our hearts and minds to see the world as you see it so that we can live more fully into the calling to be kingdom people. Repentance guides us. It is a doorway. Now, in our second passage, in our epistle, the Apostle Paul writes to the church of Corinth and he tells them the appointed time has grown short. And I love the early writings of Paul because Paul is convinced that the world is going to end at any moment. And Jesus is going to return and everything is going to be overturned. And if you read Paul's writings from the beginning until he grows old, you realize that at some point he realized, oh man, we're going to be living in this world for a while. And maybe the task of faith is figuring out how to live as both people of the kingdom, but people who live in this temporal world. We have to hold these two things in dynamic tension. 
It's challenging because the two don't want to fit, but if we can hold them together, we can figure out how to live as people of faith in the world. And even though Paul was wrong about the world ending quickly, he was right in that the appointed time has grown short. Our lives are short. No matter if we live 50 or 60 or 70 or 120 years, our lives are over in a blink. I'm 37. It feels like I've been alive for a couple of months. And yet here I am. We're not promised tomorrow and we're not even promised this afternoon. And all of us should know by now, after living under a pandemic for over a year, that our lives can change drastically in an instant and without warning. The appointed time has grown short. And if we are so sure that we know everything that there is to know in this moment, we might lose out on the valuable journey of faith that God has called us to. More and more, as I survey the church, I believe the greatest problem that we face today is our certainty that we already know everything. And we gather together in our communities and we affirm each other and we look at people who are not part of us and we go, they've got it wrong and we've got it right. And it creates a rift, division that is uncrossable. Which brings us to the final passage that we've read this morning, the gospel. John has just been arrested. Jesus is in the midst of calling his disciples His earthly ministry is just beginning. He is going across the countryside and he is preaching the good news of the gospel and that the kingdom of God has come near. And when you kind of boil that down to the very last statement, which is actually in quotations in the scripture, the message, the good news of the gospel is repent and believe. In other words, there are two steps to answering this good call. Before the disciples can ever answer the call to follow, before we can answer the call to follow, the first step and probably the continual and daily step is repentance. And so so today I pray that we do not ignore this message, that we listen not only to the Apostle Paul, not only to the Hebrew scriptures, not only to the voice of Jesus, but we hear these passages in unison calling us to be people of repentance. Not so certain that we know everything, but open to to being changed, to being challenged, and to grow into the people who God has called us to be. Amen.